0: Welcome Welcome to to the the Power Power of Five podcast Podcast with Glenn Glenn Blakeney. Blakeney. Join us for revelatory teaching as well as riveting discussions and guest interviews on all things fivefold ministry. Hey there, everyone, Glenn Blakeney here, and welcome to the Power of Five podcast for season number two, the inaugural episode. I know you guys are going to be extremely blessed and encouraged by the content that we're going to be providing for this new season on all things fivefold ministry. The Bible says that Jesus gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ, the unity of the faith, the maturation of the saints till we come to a perfect man. What an amazing revelation. And we're going to dive into that subject today with my special guest, Rayma Trainer. God bless you guys as you listen. So Rayma, let's just jump in and talk about what happened to you, um, in 2015 in particular. And obviously the call, to ministry, you were involved in ministry more in the kind of conventional wineskin, but what happened in 2015?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, um, I was, I was all about, you know, mega church and, you know, I just really was, that was my flow how I was raised up in, you know, in ministry, how I was trained, um, didn't know any kind of other church, you know, I was like, maybe they exist, but don't care. You know, I'm doing this. This is like building the kingdom. And, um, you know, I, it was, I wasn't even necessarily the kind of person who was like, you know, I see so many things wrong that should change with the church. Like that wasn't even really my, like, I wasn't even, that wasn't me. Um, it was more that through a series of events, God took, me and and my husband, um, out of a a staff position that we were in. And, you know, we were building at the core of something for so long, which probably a lot of pastors and leaders can identify with. um, When you build something, and you know, you're at the center of making decisions of planning of doing all the things, it can very easily become uh, identity. Mm. And you don't want it to be it can very easily become just a part of who you are. You know, everything's personal. It's like, I don't like that. You're like, why? You know, cause you know, cause that was my idea. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's kind of like people attacking your art or saying your kids are ugly. Oh, wow. It's like my thing, you know, I'm <laughs> building this. Like if people don't like it, uh, it reflects on me, you know? And so um, it's very difficult to be objective from the inside. Hmm. And so there was a very interesting season that God took um, particularly me through and, um, that I did not expect. And at the time was very painful and and probably would relate maybe to many people and what they went through, even in 2020, you know, as just right. shut down and as like everything kind of changed very rapidly. And you had to adjust to this new dynamic of yourself, of your proximity to people, right. of what your ministry looks like, like all of that changed very fast. And so right. suddenly I was at, you know, I, I went from being kind of at the center of forming what this church was to then attending like, very, wow. <laughs> and um, the Holy spirit told me it. Cause you know, and you know, people who are in career ministry and that, right. Where it's just like, Oh, we'll call another friend and get a job at some other church. And right. like, people started calling, like, do you want me to help you get a different job? And I was like, no, like ministry is not a job to me. Like I was called to these yeah. people. I was called to this city. I'm not leaving. Right. And so I sat for a year in church for the first time, like as an adult, you know, because when you go to Bible college, I went to Bible college um, in Australia, actually at 18 years old, like turning 18, I moved to Australia. Like God spoke to me one day and I'd never thought of Australia, been there, nothing. And one day I walked into church and I heard the Holy spirit tell me, move to Australia. And I was like, where? Wow! Like, why? Who do I know there? For what reason? Like, it was like that, like, whoa, like out of nowhere. It was 20 years ago. And so I, anyway, go to Bible college in Australia. And, um, you know, that was a great experience, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways. In other ways, it was a little bit hard, but that was what I knew. So then I'm in, I'm in this church. I, I know, you know, other connections. People are like, oh, do you want us to get you a job, so-and-so place? And I remember asking Holy Spirit, you know, should we leave the church? And um like leave this church. And and he said, You could, you could do that. He said, But if you will bear up under this, if you will endure this season, it will be better for you. Mm. And so I remained for a year just observing, and it was my first time, as I as I said, just being um in a church environment without leading anything. Mm. And it, it was it definitely was a gift in disguise because when you no longer are central and you become peripheral, you have a different line of sight. Sure. And it kind of shocked me, my experience um, during that year. And it really was a gift from God to sit and to to just experience and observe. And God started um, just shifting me over the course of that year. Nice. And it wasn't it wasn't like out of bitterness. I wasn't mad. I wasn't, I never wanted to leave. You know, I was like, all right, cool. Can't wait to get back on staff. You know, let's figure out like a different role, you know, different, maybe we go plant a church in such and such country, whatever. Like, you know, it was, it it was kind of just like, all right, we're taking a little break right now. We're taking some space, but like I'm heading right back into the machine. Like that's where I want to be. Right. So it was not my, you know, that's where, that's what I wanted to do. But it was like, as this year kind of started coming to a close, God was really shifting Hmm. my heart and i didn't even know to what because i've never seen anything else and i never wanted anything else which i think a lot of people have been in that place for the last three years you know they're like i know i don't want x but i don't even know what y is and so i don't know like
0: yeah
1: how to deal with the fact that i'm not like fully on board with this thing that i've like loved and built and been a part of for so long but i don't know what the alternative is like, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do or build or, or be a part of. And mm-hmm. so God started disentangling me from this system, from this structure that I thought, you know, surely this is building the kingdom and this is all God wants me to right. do. And right. so, you know, over the course of that year and then the years that followed, um, or really during that year, God began to speak to, to us I want mm-hmm. you to plant, you know, something. We're like, wow. church, we're like, but we don't like want to plant a church. Like <laughs> we were trying to figure out like, what does this even mean? And that it was, yeah. it was during those few years before that too, that like kind of our, I would say our first introduction to fivefold ministry, like, you know, apostles, prophets, right. like these people exist. That was our first exposure to that.
0: Wow. Okay. Uh,
1: you know, in 2010, 11, 12, I would say we started kind of being exposed to that kind of teaching. Cause I, 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 you know, obviously they existed in the Bible, but beyond that, I, I've never really heard about it. So, you know, I had just kind of started coming into that kind of teaching. Okay. Like, so there's apostles and prophets. That's cool. Uh, maybe <laughs> they just like take the place of the pastor and now they're in charge yeah. and then the pastor, <laughs> I don't know. Right. So I didn't no. have a lot of context, but in, in 2015, um, yeah, God was like, I, I'm I'm calling you out to pioneer something different. Okay. Um, and I was like, what does that even mean? And he was like, when you, he's like, you're not going to understand it for a while. Hmm. And that was really true. And not only did I not understand, I didn't even like it. <laughs> so let me be honest. Like, it wasn't even like, I don't understand this. I was like, I don't even like this. Like, I think one time I did not attend my own church. That I was meeting at my house. Like, no. I was like, I'm just not coming today. Like, I remember one. like we had, we had a, um, a launch team because like, you know, we just it was like all the verbatim, like all the language that you just use. I was like, I don't know what else to call it. I was like, I don't know. We're making a launch team like just come to our apartment and, you know, at the time we lived in downtown New York and um, everybody came to our apartment. We had like a launch team. I had this girl in our launch team um, after about, I don't know, six months or something. She calls me one day and she's like crying on the phone and she's like, I just don't understand what we're doing. And like, wow. I'm on the other end of the phone. I'm crying too. I was like, I don't know either. Like, I do not know um, what we're doing. Like this is wow. so weird, isn't it? Like, and it was, you know, but it was just like, we were just trying to be obedient. And it was every, yeah. every step was very much just the unknown, you okay. know? And when you're pioneering, that's what it is. Like you are cutting a trail, you're cutting a path that other people are going to need later but as you are walking that path, it is confusing. It is, there's like lots of bugs. There's like stuff in your way. It's, it's like, I don't even know why I'm here. I wish that I could, you know, get out of this jungle. Mm-hmm. But as you, you know, continue and as you continue to plow and as you continue to listen to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, wait, like this is, this is something like God is doing something that I just didn't understand. You know, I used to think that like bigger is better, you know, just growing up in my background of leadership, we were always taught, you know, like the biggest something can be the, the, the loudest, the big, you know, everything's about growth, everything, you know, hyper-focused on growth and expansion, sure. planting and, you know, just everything we can do to grow and get bigger and expand. Right. And one of the first words that God said to me was like small first. Hmm. And I was like, but small things are bad. Small things are unhealthy. Small things are, you know, wow. everything. small. Small is terrible. Like, why would anyone want anything to be small? And um, so there's a lot of reworking, a lot, I call it like a disentanglement. Um, you know, now eight, almost nine years later, um, there's been quite a bit that's been shifted, you know, in my perspective, right. probably almost everything. It was like, literally almost everything I thought was this is the most possible important thing, you know, it was like over the course of years, God would change that.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And, you know, bring me just into a different understanding.
0: Wow. That's interesting. So let's talk about those shifts, um, particularly, you know, what have you learned on the journey and, you know, what have you let go of now? What have you embraced? I mean, obviously you don't believe small is bad anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. um, I think a, a big shift, truly a big shift for us was, you know, letting go that like everything needed to be fast. Everything needed to be instant. Everything needed to be big. Like that really was a massive internal shift because it dealt with my heart in a really mm. super deep way. Um, because when you grow up wanting to be in ministry, right, this, this, this ideal that's been fed to the millennium or the millennial, you know, generation and younger, which I'm like top end of millennials. So it was like our whole generation, it was like, you're a champion. You're going to change the world. You're so amazing. You're going to do everything so great. And you know, you're going to change the nations and you're like, great. Like, I must be amazing. You know? And so you have this idea and yes, like God loves us all and whatever, but like, it's not right. Like it's, it's not the right emphasis. Like we come to die. We don't come to be great. We come so that Jesus can be great. And I think growing up in, you know, the celebrity church type context, there then is this aspiration and this idea of what it means to serve God and what it means to make an impact and be influential or whatever, you know? And so for me, changing my understanding of impact and changing my understanding of truly what it means to be successful is rooted in obedience and it's rooted in, um, the continual death, honestly, the death of self that comes through laying down our life for Jesus. Wow! And that does not most of the time look like doing things that people are like, Whoa, that's so awesome. You know, yeah. like most of the time, it's hard, like as a, especially as leaders, you know, who, who are striving to the best of our ability, right. To be obedient to God right. and to do what he wants us to do. There's a lot of things that go on in the background of our life, like decisions we have to make obedience that we have to submit to like change that God is doing in us so that we can continue to carry like the pruning, you know, that happens like constantly. <laughs> like, yeah. And you Submitting to it, you know, and you're and you're allowing all of that to change you. But like, I didn't think that that's what it was back then. I just wanted full rooms and great social media pictures and, you know, people to be like, well, you're such a great preacher. And maybe like, oh, my gosh, thank you. It's all about him, though. You know, like.
0: Right. I know. (laughs) It
1: was to be. Then you get into it and you're like, oh, cool. So you're going to cut off everything in me that doesn't bear fruit, which is almost everything. At the moment wow. like, you know,
0: like yeah yeah and you know uh Rayma, just hearing you say this we've been talking a lot on in, in this area right now emphasizing this just death to self um we're preaching on brokenness and yieldedness and surrender to christ and about him and jesus being glorified and and all of that stuff that can be we can be so you know we all have blind spots absolutely but in that culture in that space where it's just all about the big, the glamorous and all of that. We so miss that. And when you talk about bearing fruit, um, I think it's important that we understand and even articulate right now that bearing fruit isn't obviously just having thousands of people or whatever. I mean, you mentioned the word obedience and, (laughs) and like, hey, aren't we just called to obey Jesus and leave the results up to him in that sense? But what does bearing fruit really look like in the kingdom?
1: (laughs) For me, man, like there's had to be such a shift because I used to think that to bear fruit, it meant, yeah, bigger, better, more influence, more, 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 right? Which really can become lust. Almost like it, it can become greed, um, and and really self promotion, which is which is at the, at the root of false leadership, mm, yeah, especially the apostolic, um, you know, and pride and all of that that ends up bringing us into a false apostolic. But um, anyway, a different different teaching. But with bearing fruit, it every so in John fifteen where Jesus talks about like everything in or Jesus saying everything in me that you know, doesn't bear fruit, he's going to c- cut off. Then he says everything that does bear fruit, he's also going to cut it off so that it can bear more fruit. And so the, the pruning that precedes promotion, what we consider promotion, like anytime I've had like a prophetic word, that's like really intense, um, you know, God is going to lift you up. I'm like, Oh, here we go. You know, like <laughs> about to cut
0: everything. Yep. because
1: <laughs> That is how we actually can sustain the weight, because to, to bear fruit, you have to have the authority. You have to have the inner infrastructure yeah. to actually bear up under the weight. Right. You know, my, my neighbor had a, um, a peach tree at a, a house I used to live in um, a couple of years ago and they never pruned it. It just grew. And hmm. the problem when you don't prune a fruit tree is that in its first season, it will bear too much fruit. And so what happened to the tree was it literally just broke. Half of the tree just completely split in half because it it had too much fruit and not a large enough tree to actually sustain the fruit. And so it's just this picture of what allowing God to actually be in charge, which is where the obedience comes in. And we're disconnecting ourselves from this idea that more, 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 more is actually best. And like really allowing God to control the measure, controlling, like allowing God, like in that obedience, we're saying, hey, like, if you don't want to give me more right now, I'm content in the place that I am. Because I want the authority that comes from obedience. I don't just want like an outward appearance of fruit. Mm-hmm. right? I actually want fruit that will remain. Yeah. And there's a difference between something that just springs up, right? Even the seeds, the parable of the sower, when Jesus is talking about the seeds of the kingdom that are thrown you know, on the different soil and how yeah. it says even the seed that's thrown on, um, I believe it's the rocky soil, it springs up. But then what happens? It immediately dies because it doesn't actually have the soil. So it's not enough to just be able to spring up. It's not enough to be like, whoa, you know, and just be able to throw something big out there, but we have to remain. And the remaining comes from intimacy Hmm. with God. It comes from true authority that only comes through a life of obedience and Hmm. suffering. Yeah. Which is, Oh yeah. You know, in, in the West, we're like suffering. What? Like, no, like love God, love people. Like God's here to make my life amazing and blessed to be a blessing. And it's like, "Mm." That's a Western thing. That's not a biblical thing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Paul said, I want to know him, the power of his resurrection. Most preachers in the West stop right there. He said, in sharing in the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. I mean, we have to come to that place. And we were called to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. And for me, my um, just the way I perceive fruitfulness is if you look at a tree and it bears fruit, Obviously, what is that fruit? Well, it's an external manifestation of the inward life And I think when we're bearing his fruit, it's the very life of Christ is is being manifested wherever we go and I mean Paul talked about the fragrance of his life Being released and to some it's a fragrance of life, right and to others fragrance of death and when we come to that place where we're truly yeah. on that place of, you know, the word witness means martyr and, and we're dead, then he's able to use us, that kernel of, you know, that of grain that falls to the ground unless it dies and won't bear fruit. And one of the things that I'm, I'm concerned about right now, Raymond, love for you to speak into this is it almost seems, and, and this is just, it's kind of like, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We want to do what the Lord has called us to do in terms of pushing forward with Reformation, particularly the fivefold. Um, we just had a fivefold summit here, first time, really didn't advertise it, had hundreds of senior leaders, a lot of guys, men, women who don't necessarily know, like, are they apostolic? Am I prophetic? Whatever. But they're just hungry they're wanting more and here's the danger in that uh as important as it is to embrace the fivefold is that we just swap a title for another title um okay so i'm no longer a pastor now i am an apostle you know and and you see this in certain places in the world where titles are especially big you can call me apostle now you can you know here's my business card or whatever and So it becomes kind of like the new thing. Now we're moving into a season where fivefold preaching about kingdom, all of that stuff is becomes kind of like the new thing. It's vogue. Mm -hmm. And yet um, the heart hasn't changed the, the transformation that inward transformation, as you said, um, being like becoming more like Christ. That's, those are my words, but, in terms of this reformation that we're in right now, which is a massive reformation, I think post COVID, wow, we're really moving into this. Where are we going? What do we got to watch out for? You know, what are some of the pitfalls? And, you know, obviously I've just touched on one thing here, but yeah, could you just speak into that?
1: Yeah, I can I can speak into that from a lot of directions. I don't even know what I'll say right now because there's like right. so many different like ways. So just go for it. For it. <laughs> but um, mm. even even the love of titles is is strange, um, mm. but it really does come out of the need for identity and affirmation in what we do. Now I'm, I'm somebody who actually like, I don't, I don't hate titles. I don't think they're wrong in the sure. sense of like understanding who people are. I think there's two different, there's two different, um, you know, things about titles. So I'm an apostle, like that's a, that's a fact, like called by Jesus confirmed by others. you know what I mean? Like this is a, this is a fact about my assignment, the function that God has called me to, to do as a in, in the ministry, in the body. Right. But, but I'm not like, well, you have to call me that because if you don't, then, you know, it's disrespectful, you're dishonoring, whatever, because I think people love titles on one hand, because it gives them a sense of superiority in the body and they don't understand the actual call Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: fivefold ministry is the call to die, um, Mm -hmm. not to be important and recognized and celebrated everywhere and all of that kind of stuff. It's actually the call of death. It's the participation in Christ. But then the, on the other hand, people who say, well, titles are all dumb and we're just all Kings and priests. And it's like, well, that's also fake. That's, or that's also um, not, not correct because yep. he, when you are a fivefold leader called by Jesus, chosen by Jesus, You know, not the same as spiritual gifts. Most people would probably know that who are watching. But if you are called to the assignment, which yes, all of our identity is in sonship. Our identity is not in our function within the body, which many people, their function is, most people, their function would not be fivefold ministry. But All of us have the same um, identity, you know, which is to be a son, to be a daughter, to be, you know, in Christ. But, you know, outside of that, we have... um, we have a calling, right? And some of us are called to, to fivefold. Yeah. Um, within that, I was going to say something that was really good. And then my 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 computer blinked, and I was like, "What just happened?" Like <laughs> he's trying to get a hold of me on some app, and I didn't have it off. Um, I'm talking about the oh oh god, I got it, got it. So we're kings and priests, sonship. That's our identity, our function, our assignment is fivefold. So we can't place our identity in our assignment, but because the fivefold ministry imparts who they are. Yes. There is a purity and a purification that is so crushing and that's what I mean about the death that if you don't go through that, you will mm. you will end up false. Mm. Because we have to die in order that Christ would be wow alive in us yeah. because we're representing one of the fivefold, you know, manifestation of the leadership of Christ. Hmm. Together we represent the fullness of leadership within the yeah. body. And you know, there's a reason that Jesus, you know, passes that out to various people that they would be interdependent and sure. reflect yeah. you know that uh that picture of his leadership. Right but you know for people who just throw away titles it's like well no the function is important because the body actually needs to understand what you are imparting and so it makes sense you know to understand yes that person is a prophet that person is an evangelist that person is apostle that person is pastor because i understand that what you carry i need and i need to receive that and not just from one there's not one apostle i will forever receive from one prophet i'll forever receive. there you know there's a diversity in the body that we, we need that impartation. And by impartation, I don't mean somebody, you know, lays hands on you when you come up. Yes. That's a form of spiritual transfer, but impartation, meaning the life transfer, Yeah, you know, that we're receiving from people's ministry that we're receiving from their life because we need something that they carry in order that we would mature, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, so that impartation is valuable. And so for me titles, you know, it's like, well, I want the impartation. I want to understand who you are, and I honor people, you know. But I don't go around calling everybody like Apostle So and So and. probably. But you know, it's a it's a weird line for me when people are obsessed with it and they're like, "Well, yeah. you have to call me that," and I'm like, "No, I don't." No. Like, no. there's something in you that's off. If like that's so right. important to you, you want to ask yourself, "Where is your identity? Are you a son?"
0: <laughs> right. No, so good. Yeah, I, and I feel the same way. And you know, I mean, one of the things I believe Scripture teaches. It doesn't use the title like Apostle Paul. It says Paul and Apostle, and it's all lowercase. But obviously, we need to recognize and identify firm and value the various um, fivefold offices and expressions of grace, and and if. Like you said, those who are kind of like, "Oh yeah, we're all kings and priests," and you know, or or even we're all fivefold uh, as well too. I hear that sometimes, and uh, yeah, obviously that's not that. true scripturally, no, not. and um, we we need to to recognize that. But on the other hand, if it's tied to your identity and you know you're lording it over people based on that, like, "Hey, I'm superior," wow, what a what a really despicable thing in in terms of, uh, in our heart, God help us not to be like that. Well, hey there, Kingdom Community. That's all the time we have for today's episode. As I stated earlier, my guest has been Rayma Trainer. You can learn more about her at her website, raymatraynor.com. That's R-H-E-M-A-T-R-A-Y-N-E-R.com. Rain is going to be back for part two of this interview. You won't want to miss it. But until then, I just want to encourage you to continue seeking the Lord. It's so important this season that we are completely relying upon Him. Allow His Spirit to teach you and guide you and empower you to move forth, knowing that you are a child of God first and foremost. Thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to joining you again for another thought-provoking episode. Also, check out kingdomcommunity.tv. You can actually watch the video interview there as well. Bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the Power of Five podcast. Be sure to visit kingdomcommunity.global to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our awesome bonus content. See you next time on the Power of Five.